Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook. Church family, as we continue to worship, this Sunday we begin our new sermon series on their parables of Jesus. Uh, For the next couple of months, we're going to be looking at some of the more well-known of Jesus' parables, and we're going to look at those biblical truths and discover how we can apply those truths to our lives. And so today, the scripture we'll be looking at is Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And the Gospel of Luke was written by Luke, the meticulous physician. And he was with the apostles and wrote down the account of all that Jesus did while he was here on earth. And this scripture is very relevant for us because, one, it makes us return to a theme that we just finished the sermon series on, and that is loving God and loving others. But it especially emphasizes in the parable, who are the others? So read along with me. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He, being Jesus, said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Let's pray. Father, as we continue to worship by diving into your word, we just pray that throughout studying your word, Jesus would be exalted. He would be here now, and he would change all of our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So we're kicking off this sermon series, The Parable of Jesus. So the master of the obvious question has to be asked, and that is, what is a parable? And I'm going to give you a quick, simple definition. A parable is a story told by Jesus 
to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. The story told by Jesus used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. If you notice with preachers, we lots of times tell stories. And we do that because stories are memory pegs. Lots of times you don't remember lists, but you remember stories, which, by the way, this particular preacher is horrible at. But throughout preaching, there's been a lot of using stories, using narrative. This is a picture of Fred Craddock. Fred Craddock passed away last year, but he brought into preaching the narrative sermon style, where as opposed to a linear, real deductive type method, which frankly is my preferred method, it's more narrative, it's more inductive. You're along with the ride in the story. And stories are great because you're there. You start to kind of live it. Now, although Time Magazine has said that he's one of the best preachers of all time, there was another preacher who used stories, and frankly, he was the best preacher of all time, and that was Jesus. If you notice throughout the gospel, lots of times Jesus would default to telling a story, telling a narrative to truly crystallize and illustrate his point. Sometimes the parables are very obvious. Sometimes it makes us go, I'm not really sure what he's talking about, and we have to dig deeper. So the main point of this sermon is this, and we've heard it before. But Christians must daily strive to love God and love others. But what this parable emphasizes and what we're going to emphasize within our time together is who are, are uh, the others? Who are we to love? So loving God, let's look at that first area. Luke 10, 25 through 27 says, Behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what do I do to inherit eternal life? How do I get into the forever club? And what has he said? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Which, by the way, is a great way to teach people. When they ask you a question, just ask your question back. Socrates kind of did that a lot to make <laughs> to emphasize his point. And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. All right, so the love God application, which we spent a whole sermon series on, bottom line is this. Love God with everything you got. Love him with everything you got. That's what we're to do. Everybody got that. Even me, I can get that. Okay, I'm supposed to love God with everything I got. Love him with my mind, love him with my heart, love him by showing up to worship, do private worship. Got it. I'm to love God with everything I got. Now, if you'll notice, though, this parable is really about the latter part. Who are we to love? And that's what we want to focus on. Look at loving others. He gives us two bad examples. The priest and the Levite. So let's look at the first one, the priest. Luke 10, 31 says this. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, what did he do? He passed by on the other side. Imagine that. A person of the cloth sees someone in knees and just goes, eh, crosses and keeps on going. But not only did a priest do this, this. Now, our priest, for everyone's context, is the first level of ordained ministry. Within the Roman Catholic Church, for example, you know, you have priests, and then you have bishops, and then you have cardinals. Um, for us Protestant types, it'd be like, you know, the assistant pastor or the youth director saw this and then went on the other side. Everybody tracking? So then, the other bad example is the Levite. Now, the Levite, Roman Catholic, would be like a bishop or a cardinal. For us Protestant types, it would be like the senior pastor of some megachurch, all right? Saw someone meeting and was like, went to the other side. What does it say? 
Luke 10, 32 says this. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. So we have a human being created in the image of God who's half dead, and you had two people of the cloth ignore the situation. Everybody tracking the situation so far. So then we're going to look at now, well, I put a, a picture of River Street here. I want to illustrate this. Because sometimes you're like, priest, Levite, how do I get it? Da, da. Okay, imagine right here, it's early morning on River Street, and right there at the bottom left-hand corner before the Savannah Candy Kitchen is a person left half dead. And then imagine your battalion chaplain, whoever that person is, walking up that sidewalk and seeing that, and they go to the other side and keep on walking. Now, imagine your brigade chaplain or imagine the division senior chaplain walking up that sidewalk and then sees this person half dead and is like, too messy. I'm going to go to the other side. Kept on walking. That's what's going on here. So now, let's look at the good, well, bad example application. I'm sorry. One, don't just be a religious person. You, you know these types, right? You got your fish on your car, you always listen to Christian music, and you're the first to flick somebody off when they cut you off in traffic, right? You show up to every church event, but where's Jesus in your actions? Don't just be a religious person. Another application. Don't turn a blind eye to others in need. People are in need all the time. Sometimes it's, it's external, like within this parable, someone's half dead. But if you look outside of this chapel, and even within this chapel, there's people in need everywhere. All of us are in need of Jesus. Don't turn a blind eye to others in need. Don't avoid messy situations. This chapel service is messy. All churches are messy. Your family is messy. Your friends are messy. This world is fallen and broken. It's messy. So if we just avoid messy situations, then we just need to be locked away in a soundproof bubble and wait till Jesus comes back. Life's going to be messy. Here's my bottom line application, and I don't know how better way to articulate it. Don't be a jerk. Just don't be a jerk. All right, so those are the bad examples. Let's look at the good example. Now, in today's world, when we hear the word Samaritan, we think it's the person who does the right thing, right? The good Samaritan, the person who does the right thing, the person who's for truth, justice in the American way, comes in and saves the day, right? That's what we think in our perspective of what a Samaritan is, right? Superman would be like the perfect example of the good Samaritan, comes in and, you know, is so good and goes against evil and yay Superman. But if we hold that view of what a Samaritan is, we're missing the entire point of the parable. I want to show you this. Here's the map of biblical times. I want to see, I, I would normally never use a laser pointer in a worship service, so give me grace for this. See if this, well, it's not going to work anyway. See the north, you have Galilee. Everybody see that? Right there at the top next to the Sea of Galilee, you have Galilee. That's Jewish community. That's Jewish territory. Everybody tracking? And then see in the south, Judea, that's 100% Jewish community. See in the middle, Samaria, 
that's not 100% Jewish community. Samaritans were half Jews, half Arabs. A 100% Jew hated Samaritans. Not just disliked, not just didn't really tolerate them, hated them. And Samaritans hated Jews. This hatred was so entrenched that, see these roads on the right? For Jews to go to Judea or Galilee or Galilee to Judea, they could take the express route and go straight through Samaria, but they didn't. They would go on the route that went all the way around. That's how much they hated them. Now we're starting to peel back that, uh, this onion to see the point of Jesus' parable. The point of Jesus' parable is the person who's the hero in our cultural view is actually the enemy. Does everybody get that? Okay, so driving on. Two things that the Samaritan had. The first is compassion. Luke 10, 33 through 34 says this. But a Samaritan, a half-breed, a person who was half-Arab that a true Jew despised, a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where this half-dead person was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he didn't just have compassion. What did he do? He acted. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He didn't just call 911 and said, hey, we got a half-dead person here. Somebody come here and take care of it. Okay, I'm out. He took and invested and took care of him. He had compassion. Compassion is having sympathy towards another human being simple definition so the good samaritan he had compassion now you think okay well that's good he should have compassion think about it he had compassion on his enemy that's now we're getting to more of the point of this parable but not only did he have compassion he had mercy Luke 10, 35 through 37 says this. And the next day he took out two denarii. Denarii was Roman money. One denarii was equal to about 10 donkeys. Two denarii, you got 20 donkeys. Biblical times, that's a lot of money. He took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. Jesus asked the question, which of these do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed mercy. Grace is unmerited favor. Mercy is when you deserve one thing, but you get something else. If the Samaritan was just and not merciful, the just reaction would be, I hope that Jewish person does die, and I'm going to go about my way. That would have been his just response. But his merciful response was, although this person is an enemy of me, Jesus, I have compassion on him, and I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to invest and take care of him. Ring a bell? Kind of sounds like something on a bigger picture. It's what Jesus does for us. He's the ultimate agent 
of mercy. Everyone in this room, especially the one who's talking right now, deserves eternal separation from him in a very real place called hell. But because of his mercy, he takes care of us through Jesus. We see that as American service members, we take care of prisoners of wars, do we not? We provide them health care. We provide them good food. We provide them nutrition. This is a picture of a very clean health care facility in Guantanamo Bay Prison. Just to illustrate the point that we do this. We take care of those who are our enemies. What are the good example applications? Just a couple. That is one. Be a person of compassion. Have sympathy toward other human beings. And it can look differently for all of us because all of us have different spiritual gifts and all of us are wired different ways. For example, I'm a very task-driven, fast-paced individual. Fast-paced not meaning I'm smart, I'm just fast-paced, all right? And if you came to my office for counseling, the very first thing I do is I roll away from my desk so I'm not in front of my computer. You know why? Because every time I get another email, I'm tempted to go, ooh, what's that about? You know, simple way of showing I need to have compassion on people. If someone's marriage imploding, you know, whatever someone is emailing about can wait. Same thing with you. you know, whatever it is that's, that's taking away you from being a, a, a hindrance for you to having compassion on others, mitigate that. Turn off the smartphone every now and then. Engage in conversation. Ask people, how are you really doing? Not just the Southern, how are you doing? And then keep on walking. How are you really doing? Have compassion on people. Be an agent of mercy. You know, Christ somewhere in Scripture talks about, don't just love people who you should love. Love people who hate you and persecute you. That's what we're supposed to do. Christ modeled that. He is an agent of mercy. So we're to be agents of mercy. So the application I have for you is this. One, everybody in their life has somebody that they just can't stand. We do. Whether it be someone in our family who's hurt us, or someone we work with, or a friend. Probably for three-fourths of you in this room, when I said somebody has at least one person in their life you can't stand, you admittedly had a visual of that person's face in your mind. I won't ask for a show of hands, all right? But I would challenge you, be an agent of mercy towards that person. Time now, start praying for them and pray for yourself. Here's the bottom line application. Be like Jesus. Let's not be people who just want to get come together and learn about Jesus. Let's actually be people who grow and become like Jesus. And we know we're becoming more like him, not by what we say or putting the fish on our car, but by our actions. So be like him. The worship team will come forward. Let's review what we've gone over so far. Christians must daily strive to love God and love others. We've seen we're to love God with everything we've got. We've seen in loving others, we've seen bad examples. And notice, Jesus' bad examples are, the, he pointed out the priest and the Levite who, if 
They should have done the right thing. If anyone should have done the right thing, it should have been the priest and the Levite, but they didn't. And then he proves by the good example, the Samaritan. And what did the Samaritan have that every believer in this room has? And that is compassion for others and mercy for others. The question has to be asked, who is the ultimate good Samaritan? Thank you. The ultimate good Samaritan is Jesus. And in the parable, he's very much like the Samaritan. Why? Because Jesus is fully God. The creator and sustainer of everything, according to John 1, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has always been in existence. And he created us. We're made in the image of God. We're, we were created to bring him worship and to bring him glory and to bring him praise. And what had happened? Our foreparents, Adam and Eve, sin. They deliberately disobeyed God. And then Adam and Eve and all their posterity, which includes you and I, have been messed up ever since because of sin. We spit in the face of the creator who created us. But what did that creator do? That creator became fully human. And he lived a life all of us should have, but we couldn't because of our sin. And he died a death that all of us deserved. And by doing that, he gave us his compassion and his mercy. And all we have to do is believe in him. We're forever his adopted children and co-heirs with him. That's the gospel message. Jesus is the ultimate good Samaritan. And as he reached out enough to die for us, let us be men and women who struggle well to have compassion and mercy towards others. Let's continue. Thank you for listening to the Fort Stewart Chapel Next podcast. You can find out more about us by searching Fort Stewart Chapel Next on Facebook.